Welcome to Spirit of Success, the podcast, the show where we share stories and powerful conversations with people who have been through their journey from pain to freedom. What's your spirituality? Is it a super asset and your superpower? We want to help you find clarity. Listen to this episode so that you can learn more about how to do that and enjoy the spirit of success in your life as you define it. Here is your host, Dr. Tracy Debbie. And Alina, welcome to Spirit of Success, the podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here today. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, so welcome. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on. We met basically out of synchronicity. <laughs> and I think any relationship that starts out of synchronicity is just a special gift nowadays. I mean, that was normal and now it's going to be normal again. So you got introduced to me through our mutual friend, Christina. So shout out Christina, who's also going to be on the podcast as well. And she told me about this human design thing. And like instantly my soul was like, that is the next step for you. (laughs) And I reached out to you and then we met in person when I was in Miami and you just really educated me And gave me some pieces that really helped me understand myself better. So I just want to say thank you so much. And then we were talking for like literally hours. And I learned about you and was like, yeah, you've got to be on the podcast. (laughs) I'm just going to give people a quick little background on you. And then you fill in the gaps of what I missed. (laughs) And maybe I'll just like let you share it. But from what I know of you, you absolutely have a passion for human design. And I'll be honest with you. I heard about human design. But then I was talking to people and then they didn't really seem sure of what they were doing and they didn't have the confidence in what they were doing. So I sort of actually just was like, human design is weird, whatever. And I just didn't really Mm -hmm. pay attention to it. And then I told you, I cyberstalked you. You were like all about the human design, but you had this passion element for it that I hadn't seen before. So I would love for you to share more about where did that passion for human design come from? Yeah, and thank you for all your kind words. And also for the listeners right now, this passion is that I want to be able for all of you to access because that's where you belong. When you are, when you have this spark in your eye, when you feel this passion from within yourself, that's where you're meant to be. And I was looking for this probably for most of my life. You know, when you always hear people, yeah, I just know this is this one thing. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know what is this one thing. I like all these different things. I'm, I also like to call myself, well, I'm a jack of all trades. I can do anything. I'm, I was good at all the subjects in school, more or less, right? So, and human design, it's just happened magically out of synchronicity. One day it came, I mean, I have been a coach for several years. I'm totally into self-development. I have done um, these personality tests, right? That we know there's tons and tons out there. They never really resonated with me much because I don't have the patience to go through hundred questions. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't, I don't want to like talk in any negative way about any of these. They, they work beautifully for some and I respect it. I just, for me personally, nothing of it had really deeply resonated and my body, my being never felt this calling to look at it deeper. And I, you know, when I saw the results, it was like, yeah, good to know, but wasn't really like helpful and life-changing in that sense. Right. And when human design came my way, I cannot really say what it was, but it was like, I felt something in my body, in my being and the sense of excitement. And what I loved about it the most is it was very simple. Like it was based on the time that I was born and 
I can't change that depending <laughs> on how I feel today. Oh, Mel, maybe I'm going to be born two days later or one year before to kind of change who I am. But so that's the first thing that I really liked. And as I started to read about it, you know, I mean, human design can be a rabbit hole. There's so much out there. And that's honestly, there is also a lot of misinformation out there. I have to say that as well. I experienced it myself too, but it was so different. It was so like, it gave me basically what it did for me was I'm perfect the way I am. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing to fix. I can just drop all this heaviness I have been carrying and like, oh, I'm the black sheep in the family syndrome. I think that we probably all can relate to. And it was a sense of freedom. And I always like to say, it's it's a ticket to be you, you know? Mm. It's like, ah. I mean, really, like I, I, I felt this heaviness drop from my shoulders in a way. And then, so to me, also it has to do with my human design. I'm a two for manifesting generator in human design. And I learned this then about myself that the two line, we're supposed to do things that come really easy to us. You know, the things where you feel like you're not working and you're just, yep. you know, it's so effortless and you're like, yeah, but I cannot just make money with that because it comes way too easy to me, Right. And that's what happened with human design. The way that I say it sometimes is that it's something that I always knew, but when it came into my life, I just remembered it. Mm. So I feel like it has always been in my DNA, in my genetics. And yeah, then it was all of a sudden showing up in the 3D reality. And I have to say, it came very easy to me, very, very easy to me. And I started to incorporate it then also using with my clients fairly quickly And it had such amazing results because just some very fundamental little nuggets of human design were so life-changing and were so helpful to also accelerate the success that my clients were experiencing. And then I saw in my own life, in my personal life first was really where I saw the changes, you know, in, in close relationships, relationship with children. I have a daughter. And I was just like, wow, this is magic. (laughs) Magic. Um, And I was like, wow, well, why is this not widely, widely known or everywhere known? Because, you know, you may think now people that are in the spiritual world and the self-development world, human design is becoming now more and more popular. And we may think, oh, everybody knows human design. But looking at the world population, tiny, 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 tiny amount of people know about it. And, And that is something if we can get this into the to the masses it's going to really change the world. Yeah. And I think what's so cool about human design is it's science-based, isn't it? Like it's based in, in like a science. It's like a combination of four different things, right? Yeah, it's exactly. It's not some kind of new thing. And, and yes, the way that it was transmitted into the 3D world was in 1987. This man, he gave himself the man, uh, Ra Uruhu. He channeled, right? For three days in Ibiza doing the supernova. But what he channeled was then um, a synthesis of many different ancient systems. So mm-hmm. it includes the, the Chinese I Ching. It's yes. really the backbone of human design because we have 64 gates in human design. In I Ching, we have the, the 64 hexagrams. Mm-hmm. So this is really where this is all coming from. It's not new in the sense. It's based on Western and Eastern astrology, on the Judaic Kabbalah, on the the chakra, the Hindu chakra system, and also quantum physics. Yeah. So it's like, and for me and manifesting generator, that's my type. Like we're here to find shortcuts for me. It's like 
this is perfect. I don't have to just study astrology and then study the I Ching and then study quantum physics. No, it's all in one. I love it. It's very simple, practical. Mm -hmm. And this can get people these incredible, incredible results that others may have been trying to figure out for years. I will just tell you really quickly, I studied the I Ching because I was so fascinated with this because this is one of the oldest things that we have that we know of and it's confusing. Like it's really heavy like language and I get it. And so it's funny because when I saw human design, it reminded me of something and it was the I Ching because of the gates. When she's saying it's like simple, like it's simple, but you take the essence of what the I Ching is. And that's like the most beautiful thing is that it really can help you make these big jumps if you're not self-aware. So I'm pretty self-aware. So it wasn't like a massive, but it was just tiny pieces that I was missing. No. And one of the things I wanted from our conversation, I remember I think I was looking at your child and telling you something and you were like, wow, you just described my entire life in two minutes and it took me a lifetime to figure out. But I, I, yes, that was, yeah, I did say that to you. Yep. And I was like, it gave me goosebumps and it still does. And I have this over and over again, right? I can look at somebody's chart and tell them a couple of things and they're like, oh, so there's nothing wrong with me. It's normal. It's like, yeah, that's actually your superpower. Mm. And then people are like, oh, you know, it's, it's really the sense of like, I can all of a sudden relax into who they are. And that's really your ultimate success secret is you being you, your authentic self. And, you know, this place where you're no longer trying to fit in and no longer saying yes to things that you really in your body feel like you don't want to do, but we do it because we don't want to get rejected. We people pleasing is probably something we have all had a little love affair with at some point. <laughs> I love how you said that. Yeah. And I, and for me, just going through it recently with you, it wasn't that long ago, maybe just a few months ago. Do you remember when you were like, oh, your like biggest fear is, and you said something and I looked at you and I was like, how did you, like, I've never told anyone that that thought has run through my head a few times before. That is a really big fear of mine. And I've literally never told anyone that. Do you remember that? Yeah. Was it the fear of rejection? No, it was, um, no, I forget. <laughs> like I've just worked through it. I don't know what it was. It was. I don't really remember everything. Oh, that it's it's the fear of the past repeating itself. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a particular gate you have in your chart. Yes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I had never told anyone that, but I had discovered that. Mm-hmm. I think it was just around the plant medicine time that that is actually something I fear a lot. That's why I think I tend to my like past has been my reference point because I'm like, well, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah, and so. Now I've really made the decision not to have my past be my reference point, but then there's a lot of change that comes with that, right? Like there's no blaming, right? You can't blame your parents for anything anymore, you know? And like, that's what a lot of people, I don't care about anyone else. I have done that, you know, when you, when you heal and you're like, this is not mine, this is ancestral and you want to blame people. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. no, there's two things. And there's like acceptance, accountability well, three things and responsibility, and mm-hmm. a step into that, I feel like that's adulthood, <laughs> you know, like, and there's some old, older people like, you know, chronological age than me who don't have that yet, yeah. you know, who haven't reached that. And I'm not saying it as a judgment, it's just a discerning awareness of, I don't care how old you are. There could be a 12 year old that has that better than some other people who are 70 years old, you know? Yeah, and so I think there's this middle ground that I've tried to find where I want to, like, I respect everybody especially elderly people, but also just knowing that everyone's on their own journey. I just found that interesting. Like I was at this grocery store that I've never been to before. 
and it's called staff for life and it's all organic and it's like this like it's really weird they're like half of the store is like an open concept and it's like outside so it's just kind of like blowing my mind and there was this older woman there and I was just like staring I was just in my own world I was like what kind of granola do I want to get because I had like all this homemade granola and she just started talking to me this older person and I was just talking to her and I thought it was fine and then she saw me in the store again she put her her arm on me she's like I just want to say thank you so much for the conversation today Mm. and I was like you're welcome of course to me I like kind of forgot about it I was just in the store afterwards and she's like you know sometimes people see older people and they don't even acknowledge them they have the most wisdom of all right yeah and it's like you know it she was basically telling me it took her like 80 years to accept herself wow And I'm just like, I don't want that to be me, you know, and I don't want that to be anybody and not, and I'm not judging her, but like she found herself after 80 years. Mm. Like if that's the only thing you do in this lifetime, then you had a really great life. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, you know? Yeah. No, it's so beautiful. You you shared this because that's really Mm. what human design helps us so much with to accept ourselves, right? because we, we're living in the shorts, we're, we're trying to fit in. And, and I hear this kids say all the time, right? Oh, I, I don't want to be different. But actually, you want to be different. If we're all the same, I mean, that's the most boring thing ever. If everybody's the same, looking the same, behaving the same, you know, we want to really fully own and embody our uniqueness, right? And it's really like mm-hmm. the richness of life through accepting ourselves and accepting each other so it's it's really human design is a tool of love and compassion for me because mm. first yeah i gotta accept really myself i have compassion for all of that i am and also these fears we are talking about this fear of the past repeating itself right we tend to really suppress that part of us we're like something wrong with me and we need to accept that part of us and that's also now going to dive a little bit into deconditioning is the other part of human design and I think also this is one of the reasons why human design came so easy to me because I was practicing and learning and getting certified different kind of modalities in the deconditioning right which is like all the wounds that we carry oftentimes from ancestors past lives this lifetime when we were little kids especially first seven years of life you know anytime where safety lovability and sense of belonging was kind of violated we get hurt. We have these wounds and we keep suppressing how we really feel for decades. That's what we have always been trained. And I had all this background already of the deconditioning, right? How we really need to integrate the two parts. And then the human design, you know, all the 64 gates, all the nine centers, every energy in the human design chart has always like a higher expression, you know, where we are meant to be. That's our highest self or that's really within all of us. And then it's the ego part of the shadow expression. But resisting that shadow part of us or the ego part, which we live in a world of duality, right? If we suppress it, it just keeps growing over time and manifests in our 3D world. So it was like also then helping me accelerating my clients' results because like looking at somebody's chart, like when I looked at your chart, oh, this is a really big fear you have. Let's dive in. You know, because I can see this in your chart. That's something, an energy you have consistent access to. It's going to be very familiar to you, you know, as opposed to working on, there's so many fears we can have as humans, right? But when we start to work on those that are kind of predominant, then everything else just happens so much more with ease and enjoy all the other things that we want to accomplish in life. I know. And like, and I'm so happy you're saying that. And I want to tell people that that seems strange. 
that how could you just work on one thing and then everything sorts itself out and it's sort of like the domino effect it's like you have to hit one domino first for all the other dominoes to fall but then they fall with ease because there's that progression or that momentum from that first domino that you hit and so it's just like if you go to the deepest place and you pull out the root then it's just going to be easier to plant and bloom we mm-hmm. i just think of you when i when i say that but when you plant something new right then you you get to experience something completely different and i think that's why it's called d conditioning right because you want to go out there and literally pull up a weed that's interfering with the garden that is your heart or your mind or whatever you want to talk about and you know i have a very analytical mind so like if something doesn't have science in it, it <laughs> I kind of resist it. Mm-hmm. But what I like about this human design, it's that combination of both. There's that science part of it, but then there's a lot of it that you can't really fully understand with that part of your brain. And it, it comes down to like trust and faith and, and kindness and these things that I didn't show myself for so long. And I think one thing that I really love about it is the language that you use. It's very neutral language. I'm not even sure if you realize that or if Ra even knew that when he was channeling it, but it's it's very neutral. Like when you say highest expression and lowest, it makes sense to some part of me that's not my rational mind, mm-hmm. you know? Like I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense, you know? And the language is great. Or like you're, you said an energy you're familiar with. And I remember being like, yes, I'm very familiar with this energy and it's just something that you can relate to very, very easily. And there's not a lot of resistance to it because there's no language that would, that has a lot of heavy association with it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's actually a really good point because in the beginning, so there are lots of different human design teachers and coaches and all of that, right? And I think in essence, also for the listeners, it's important that that you, if you feel called, right, to look deeper at your human design, work with someone that you feel called to work towards, right? Not You're not going to resonate with anybody. And so in the very beginning, human design was actually meant to shock people. Like Ra, he had that one gate in his conscious son that's actually from a place of love, like to initiate them, initiate them towards loving themselves. But sometimes people need to wake up, mm-hmm. right? And human design had a very... Many of the gates, they're focused on the negative parts, you know, so people kind of got more like, uh, yeah, this sounds kind of discouraging in a way, right, where we always talk about the not self in human design. And now the one thing that I love how Ra brought it into the world is like, no, human design, nobody owns it. It's for the entire world. It's actually meant for the children, because the earlier we learn who we really are, also the parents know, the better. The better, yes. Exactly. And so it has been evolving. So everybody, you know, like I have my Annalena twist on human design, right? I seem to have a gift because people, you know, and whoever resonates with me, but I love, I'm a teacher by design, for example. And that's one of the things that human design helped me a lot. I always wanted to be a teacher growing up and and, in school, like it was always like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm really good at it. It came easy to me. But like being a school teacher, also, I knew that was not my thing. I, I had no idea. Now, since human design came my way, now I have fully stepped into my my role as a teacher we're actually launching a academy to to run a human design certification all of it and i never had thought about this in my wildest dreams several years ago Mm. right so it's really and i choose my language and my teacher primarily has been karen parker she used to know ra and she has developed something called quantum human design where she really focuses much more on the positive now my approach is 
is about really integrating both the positive and the negative because we cannot resist the negative either, right? So it's like through me listening and observing what's all out there, also along with my, my business partner, Miranda, we're doing the academy together. We are just taking what's out there and creating our own out of it. And there's lots of people that deeply resonate with us. There are other people that deeply resonate with another person. And it's just such a joy for me to get this out into the world and empower more people to really love and accept who they are, who they have always been and realize it's nothing to fix. Well, there are some things we, we can work on and allow, and the acceptance is not always easy, right? That's a process. But I really find with human design, it's that shortcut that takes us there so much quicker. Yeah, I love that. And there's so many different ways of doing that. And human design is one, you know? And so what my genius is, is really helping people find alignment, which is why I so deeply resonated with human design, because it's the same thing. That's the same thing I did as a chiropractor, right? It was that alignment thing that drew me there, but it was the wrong spot for me, you know, and not wrong. I just wasn't going to be a chiropractor my whole life because alignment is that inner felt sense. It's that inner being. There's no outside source that's going to give you alignment. There's Mm. also no outside source that can accept you Mm. unless you accept yourself, right? So if you accept yourself, someone not accepting you is not going to bother you because you accept yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get to live in life because there's no voices in your head saying anything. There's no story. There's no dialogue, you know? And I thought that was fake. Like when certain stories would just die and then so did the dialogue. Mm -hmm. I thought that was just a made up thing. I'm like, well, we always have chatter in our mind. Like Michael Singer always talks about the like chatter, but the chatter can actually be helpful. Absolutely. It's something we need to listen to and not, not make it a bad thing. Cause when we make it a bad thing, this whole concept about, positive thinking oftentimes leads people to really suppressing what's really going on there yeah and then over time it just comes out stronger later yeah I just wanted to tell people that the chatter is more like me observing myself Mm -hmm. you know like I'm just observing what's happening and the chatter is still going on but I'm just observing it and then I get some really powerful insights it's like oh you know and like those happen because you're just observing and that is a spiritual practice you know that's not just something that I learned overnight but it's like I developed it you know it's a skill and human design helps with that if I'm starting to feel something like bitterness like my not self theme is bitterness I'm a four six projector And that's my like not self theme. And so if I know I'm feeling bitter, instead of becoming bitter, because I'm aware that it's bitterness, but I'm not going to become the bitterness, I can easily be like, like, hold up. (laughs) What is the trigger that I missed? And so I just get myself back into that awareness faster and then choose a different response. And people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually changes your life. Like if you do that consistently enough, because I realized I actually got bitter quite often. about random things like someone just cut me off in line or like you know I was at Whole Foods and there was like supposed to be like one line then we diverged but then people would just join the line I'm waiting for like 25 minutes and they just boop and they have their headphones on they have no idea and I found myself getting really bitter Mm. and I was like enraged and then I was like okay just observe the bitterness Mm -hmm. observe where you feel it and it was like somewhere in my foot which I was like huh interesting And then I'm like, okay, just observe the bitterness. And then that's it. Like I got bitter. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like it's, we make it a bad thing. Right. And with human design really helps us. And also the gene keys, which is something very related to it. They call it contemplation, which I did. I love, I love his approach, Richard Rudd. It's this like 
Yeah, okay, I'm angry. Okay, so interesting, why am I angry? Okay, let's not make a big deal out of it. Let's just observe it, like you say. And then it can, it's like we make the anger or the bitterness welcome in our body and we actually feel the emotion attached to it and let it move and pass on. So we can then very quickly feel happy and joyful again and not have it like ruin our whole day or a whole week, right? Because we're holding on to this, like I'm bitter, I'm not supposed to feel like this, what's wrong with me? And yeah, we're gonna we're starting to dance between the polarities in life, just like with the you know divine masculine and divine feminine energies, right? That's mm-hmm. also this huge concept. Human design has really helped me to come to a place of loving both because you know we are being female entrepreneurs, it's not an easy thing, right? And in the beginning, I always used to learn, oh, you got to do this and this and follow the strategy and be on Instagram or whatever social media platform three times a day and post at these times. And it never felt good and right to me or following somebody's five-step strategy that was the success strategy for them, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel good to me, right? Now, then I dove into a lot of the inner work, the deconditioning, very feminine, feminine approach and kind of taking a step back and slowing down a lot. And then when human design came, it really helped me to integrate the two so much. And when you have a reading, for example, you you learn like you have to rest, you have to slow down. It's for all of us humans. But then you're also, there's a time to take aligned action. And when you know your chart and what markers you have there and yeah, the emotional wave, many people have the the pulse from the root or your, your sacral responding or whatever your authority is for all the types. It's just, it was like, oh, now I get it. And it's really true. And I have this actually written on a board, less is more. Mm-hmm. And I was even before new humanism was, was something that I had to keep telling myself. It was like, it felt like the truth. And with human design, I get to do less. I get to be more. I really get to slow down a lot more. I get to say no to many more things. The ones that don't feel good, I set many much more healthy boundaries. Then when I do take a lot of action, following my, I have the sacral authority. Wow, magic happens. Yeah. And like, like you really tap into this quantum leaping where, you know, not from a place of figuring things out in the mind and, and having this big old plan strategy, right? No, it's just your authority takes you to that next right step. And sometimes it's scary because you don't know. You know, we, we, we humans, we want to know. But one of the biggest teachings of human design is like your mind, your head is not here to figure anything out. It's not here to make decisions. Yeah, it's a powerful tool to make choices and, and analyze things and wonder and contemplate and be curious and ask questions. It's a wonderful tool we have. But it's not our decision making. Mm-hmm. Well, that happens in the body. And that's for all types. It has to feel right in your body. And you will know that. And yeah. even though it feels right, then you may still have fears come up mm-hmm. right oh, what if what if I'm not good enough what if I don't know enough what if or the fear of the future or the fear of the past of repeating itself or this fear of perfectionism right we're humans we we all have this but that's then also acknowledging those fears okay I'm tapping into unknown territory but my body really feels called to do this and wow it's just so many magical things happen that I couldn't even think about. Yeah. And it's sort of like, we have to, we have to like give ourselves proof of it working. Mm-hmm. You know, like I talk about being an analytical mind, but we were also programmed 
to trust our mind. And that's just not me. That's society. Like we've all been trained that you go to school and then there's this achievement thing. And so when you're talking about life and healing is essentially what we're talking about. And when I say healing, I mean the deconditioning part, the deprogramming, whatever you want to call it. Mm. There's no achievement for that. And so I hate when people say like, oh, we're here to like learn lessons. I'm like, here we go trying to add achievement again to healing. And so I've really tried to not ask that. It's like, what's the insight? Mm. I've just changed my own language because I was like, what's the lesson? And then I was like, okay, we have to learn it. Then I tried to make it hard again. And then it was like, ew. So then I just was like, okay, what's the insight? You know, what's the insight? And just to tell people when you said, less is more it just triggered in my head like I don't think we actually understand how much energy it takes to hold on to emotions I think I have read before from from like um, some studies almost 90% of our energy we actually use to keep suppressing our negative emotions yeah it's something like that it's like it's a very high energy and so just to go back to my bitter example and I told you about my foot so I Mm -hmm. want people to understand the science behind this because I think it'll help people because if we're all kind of more towards like left brain maybe this will help so when you have an emotion which is just energy in motion what happens is your body produces something called a neuropeptide and a neuropeptide is what produces hormones so that's why you have them and our body actually stores the neuropeptide and in that is encoded the entire event of what caused that in the first place so my whole whole foods thing right (laughs) (laughs) is all encoded there Mm -hmm. and when that gets flared up so when I have a trigger it's because it's triggering one of those neuropeptides that has the same code and that's actually a gift because that neuropeptide can only go away by being processed feeling it right by feeling it and you also process things by sweating by yawning, by laughing, by screaming, by pooing, by peeing, by throwing up, like, (laughs) right, all of those things that babies do, oh my god, stomping your feet, like, all these things that kids do are actually them processing, Mm -hmm. and then at at some point in our life, that stopped. (laughs) No, I thank you so much for bringing this up, because that's exactly, before I even knew about human design, I was always talking about exactly what you just described you, you describe it more scientific which i actually like um but this whole process of we because emotions need to be felt right like a like a full circle and we keep once they come oh this is i don't like it it feels uncomfortable it feels yucky so we push it away and that stays stuck as a memory in your body and like you say when we keep attracting other situations that which like you say it's a gift because the universe wants you to finally feel it so all these things that you think are happening to you and we feel like a victim. No, you just are supposed to feel it. And we we are running away from all the uncomfortable stuff. And then we end up coping with watching TV, coping with eating lots of sugar, coping, whatever, like all these addictions we have, or even social media, like constantly being distracted is very often because we don't want to really deal with how we really feel. Yeah. So feeling the uncomfortable has been quite a game changer. And then what I want people to know too, because this is like my specialty is like, and this is what Bob Proctor taught me. If that neuropeptide is in my system and it's just stuck to my foot, right? In this case, I didn't know that. That's I'm going to be attracting more of that because of the law of vibration. So it's like, wait a minute. I attracted that bitter scenario at Whole Foods to me. (laughs) Like actually I'm the cause of, and this is like deeper. So if I'm losing people, just tell me, but (laughs) 
but that's crazy. Like I brought that into my own life so that I could release it. Yeah. You know, that's another level of responsibility, but I just mean, this is why the gift of slowing down and doing less is how you get more. Because once I process that bitterness and I just allowed myself to feel bitterness, which didn't feel that bad, honestly, it didn't feel great. Mm-hmm. It's not like joy, but it's definitely not what I thought it was going to be. I just yeah. felt the bitterness in public, by the way, where there's everyone around, which is like a big step for me. And then it was gone. And then I had more energy. I didn't do anything else. So that whole less is more is about less doing more being with, you mm. know, being with. And something that was new for me is, um, do you know who Panache Desai is? No, I may have heard about it, but I'm okay. Not he's sure. like a spiritual teacher. He's a really interesting guy, but he was saying that his definition of love is being with. So if you can be with yourself as you're feeling whatever, and you don't try to suppress it or like, you know, go away or whatever, that's, you're showing your, yourself love. And to me, I'm, you know, I'm very G centered, right? Like very heart centered. So if you can connect it to loving myself, I will do it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't feel what's present for you, you're actually abandoning yourself. Exactly. And, and that's why, I mean, we could probably talk about this for five more hours and (laughs) this is now all this deconditioning piece right and this This is really conditioning with human design and it's it's like also now in relationship dynamics right i mean Mm -hmm. everything is relationships and we always make triggers such a bad thing but no i have come to a place now when i get triggered especially in my close relationships i just hmm, really interesting and i come to a place also to both people involved in the relationship to just share it and not make it a big deal because yeah we have wounds from past relationships and you know we either start to love that part of ourselves and let it go so over time I can tell you now like I still get triggered by very very little and not as often anymore there used to be a time when we start this process heck it's uncomfortable and do recommend having an expert guiding you through this like I had my own coach for quite some time but it's the most magical love letter act you can do to yourself or for yourself, literally to start to allow yourself to feel how you feel. It's just, that's really, yeah, just be with it. There's nothing wrong with feeling sad. There's nothing wrong with even feeling mad. But when we suppress it, then we end up reacting and saying things to people that cause more anger and hate in the world, right? But, and then by us releasing those, this bitterness that you were talking about just by being there at Whole Foods in the moment and like hmm, interesting not a big deal but I'm just gonna feel that bitterness right now right you can yeah. even make it joyful and funny actually seriously no I did I was laughing yeah. at myself I was literally like this is because I was like Rrr! and then I was like <laughs> you have this moment where you're like that's not even me like what the hell is that yeah you know and then and then I just got curious about it so actually I'm just kind of peeling back my own process so I was like this angry, raging bull. Like, I swear, I kind of puffed up. Like, I'm not a big, tall person. I kind of puffed up, you know? And then I was like, what the hell? That feels so strange. Like, what's going on? And then actually, we, I had just talked to you and we had talked about my not self theme, which was mm-hmm. bitterness. And I was like, yeah. what is this? And it's like bitterness. And I'm like, oh, fuck, because I knew I was like, damn it, I'm not my, like, but, but I knew that. And I felt like this is not myself. Like, I'm not, who is, what is this? you know, and it was this trigger of this big emotion, right? This big one. And so it felt like, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to, it's like this balloon. Like, I don't want it to like, let it go. What's going to happen, you know? And then there's that moment of like, what do I do? And then it's just like, what if I just relax into it? Never tried that before, you know? And so it just, 
I want to tell people like these voices go through my head too. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, I don't get triggered, but then I do things that I fear like learning how to swim and I'm mm-hmm. like triggered all the time. Right. <laughs> Which is cool because I'm learning so much at the same time. Like if I have a fear, like I'm not going to be able to like take a breath, like what do I do? And I'm just observing myself, you know? And so I've got a great coach helping me through that process. Right. So whenever you're doing any sort of like going into the fear or deconditioning or deprogramming work, like you said, I highly recommend you get someone to guide you because it feels safe sometimes to be like raging and like bitter. Like sometimes like previous me, like that felt safe because Mm -hmm. I was so used to it. And so it's easy. It's very easy to go back there until I got sick of that feeling, you know, until you get annoyed with like, I don't feel good anymore. Like when you start to realize like, okay, that doesn't feel good anymore Mm. or it gets bad enough or there's so many of those neuropeptides now. So it's just like, once you process one, like you process them, you know, like you really do process it. It's literally, I think one of the best habits we can ever have is to allow ourselves to feel how we feel. Sounds very simple, right? It's just in the beginning, it's not the easiest and and I always say, just follow your human design authority. If there's anybody that is best suited to support you with that, that will magically come into your life, right? And at some point, it's it's a habit you have. And literally, that's one of the best skills. Yes. Yeah. And we like to make meaning out of, out of everything. So we want to understand it before we can just feel it. But the yeah. key is to just feel it. And I'm saying that as an analytical person, I wanted to know. And so I just asked. It was bitterness. And then, then, then I just allowed myself to feel it. So I think that you can, even if you're very analytical, there's a lot of hope because I'm doing it. Right. So I just want to share that. And I just want to end this because we could literally talk about this for so long, but I think one quote that you'll agree with me that can summarize what we just talked about comes from Greg Braden. Mm -hmm. And he says that the more, you know, yourself, the less you fear change. Oh yeah. That's a good one. And I love that because, and he really emphasizes that it's like, once you start to know yourself more, you don't fear things anymore. Like, I don't know where I'm going to be in like two months from now in terms of like physical spot. And Mm. I've been like that since last June. And at a certain point, it's not fearful anymore. Mm. Right. It's like, I'm going to, this is what Bob used to say. He's like, it's fear or faith you choose. Mm. And I think for so long it was fear, fear. And then now I was like, I'm going to try faith and faith feels like a big leap sometimes, especially for the analytical people. And I hate to judge, but I mean, someone who's so used to relying on their mind to get results, right. Mm. Or just their mind, I should say, I just tried faith, you know, and you try it in one area and then you see that it works. You build up that proof for yourself and then you can translate that to other areas, to other areas. This is like slowly how you make changes. And I think you would agree too. So we're both really big fans of knowing yourself. Yes. Yes. (laughs) First, so that in case you are still looking for the answers outside, it's yourself. It's it's yourself, not anyone else. And that's why I love. That's really all. Human design is that can be rabbit hole, and people actually get a lot into the head because there's so many information. But Mm -hmm. the biggest summary that I can give for the listeners too is like human design is just a tool that gives you this huge sense of self awareness, so that you can love and accept yourself more, and ultimately trust yourself. Because that is your most successful strategy for everything in life to trust that what feels good to you. And that's going to be different than for anybody else. And that's perfect for you. Love it. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Academy and then also how people can contact you if they want to do their own human design reading? 
Yes, absolutely. So yeah, you can check me out on Instagram. I have a little link tree where you can see all my uh, offerings and stuff like that. It's annalena.fuchs. Also my website, you can go there. My email is bloom at annalenafuchs.com and the academy. So that's my my next or current hard project that I'm doing with my dear friend and business colleague, Miranda Mitchell. And so this is going to be a four-month certification for anybody that, I mean, for spiritual conscious leaders, if you're an executive, if you're a coach, if you're an energy healer, and you know if you will feel called to join us there. And the beautiful thing in that, that certification is it's not only a certification so that you can also, you know, do readings with your clients or, you know, just in general, allow yourself to understand the people that you work with, if that's a team or if that's your clients. So you're going to have so much more confidence in, in what your services are worth, because once you see what human design is doing for you and then for your clients, it's just epic. And what's very unique in our program is we will also, in the very beginning, you will learn to apply human design to yourself because we can only take our clients as far as we take ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a program for you to fully embody your human design, to learn those skills, to learn those habits, to get to know you more. And that in itself is prizes. And then you also learn how to use it with your clients. And we also include the foundation of the deconditioning work within that, because that really is oftentimes a missing piece in human design to really understand. In most things. (laughs) Yeah. So we are so excited about it. Yeah. And you can find us in the, um, on the website, Aligned Living Academy. We also have an Instagram account. We will be running also a free masterclass in a couple of weeks, probably okay. end of February or beginning of March of 2022. So I don't have that link set up yet, but okay. if you join us on the Academy website, you can sign up for a newsletter. And I think starting next week, we will also open officially enrollment for the, for the certification. The readings, you can book that. I do personal human design readings. I do also relationship readings. So if you want to learn more about cool relationship dynamics or with your children or tailored to your business. Yeah, that's the one I did. And I would say I highly recommend it. People always ask me, they like, would you recommend her? I'm like, yes, I highly recommend working with her. I did my own work with her in her reading for my business, which really helped me solidify the direction I was already moving in. It just really closed the gap on how quickly I did that. Like you said, if you want a quantum leap, you know, like I had, I knew most of these things, but it was like really different when someone's telling you without you telling them anything, like you just knew, you know, very, very different understanding kind of drops deeper into my heart instead of my head. So, so I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing everything that you do and keep changing lives. Yeah, I will. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy. And I I like, you know, I love talking about human design and anybody that feels called, feel free to reach out. I'm a very nice, loving person. And (laughs) have just some questions in general. If you're not ready to book a reading yet, like really, really feel free and welcome to shoot me a message, send send me a little note on Instagram or per email. Um, I'm always really happy. I love to connect. I'm a four line, like Tracy. Yes. <laughs> we love to connect. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. It's not like, you know, and, and you will know, like Tracy is saying, like you will know when you're ready, right? You know, yeah, when you know, need yourself. And- There's like 10% of people here that are ready right now, you know? So it's like, you know, just, we're, we're just speaking to you. And then when you're, when you are ready, you will also know. Right. So, so thank you again for coming Have a great day, everyone. Bye.